Bruh. Well, Merry Christmas. If you guys want to take out your message notes. Uh, we're going to be talking about God's coming in human flesh in the form of Jesus a little over 2,000 years ago. And uh, this Christmas, I want to look at uh, several angles about the Christmas story. And, and as I kind of studied it, it hit me this year that, that uh, most of the people in the world at this time missed it completely. They didn't hear about it. They didn't know about it. They didn't know the significance of the first Christmas. The first Christmas was a total wash for most of the world. Very few people got to be in the most significant event in history about when God came to earth. Most people missed it. And of all the people in the world that got to be in the first Christmas, my question to myself was, why did these people get to be part of it? Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and the wise men. What made them so special? Well, the more I look at it, they weren't special. They were just normal people. Everyday, ordinary people. But obviously, God chose to use them and bless them. Why? Why did he do that? And that's what I want to look at briefly today. I don't want to, I'm not going to keep you here too long today. I want to look at who God uses and chooses. Because if you look at what Mary did, if, if you look at what Joseph did, and, and the shepherds did, and the wise men did, it's actually the same thing that you and I can do this Christmas to, if we want God's blessing on us. You and I can do it too. They were blessed because they got blessable. And I'm not sure that's a word. But we're going to go with it. They got blessed because they got blessable. They did the right things. They did the right things. And I want to take you uh, real quick. So I want you to be able to, to write some stuff down real, real quick if you got your outlines out. But I want to start with, with Joseph. I think Joseph was probably one of the most uh, overlooked characters, probably the most overlooked characters in the Christmas story. Uh, he's, he's a normal guy. He's an average guy. He's got a, he's got a job in a small village. He's poor. He's, he, he's averaged. And he's engaged to be married. Married. Now, I want to tell you something. Luke and, Luke and I were discussing this last night, and Angie, whoever, and, and Anna. But 
engagement was different in those days. Engagement was just, was more like being married. The only thing different was consummation. Hadn't taken place yet. And even if you were engaged, you had to go through a divorce to break off the engagement. You couldn't just text someone and break it off. <laughs> like we do nowadays. Couldn't do that. So Joseph is engaged to be married to Mary. And one day, Mary comes to Joseph with this fantastic story. Honey, could you put your hammer down for just a moment? I want to tell you I'm pregnant. <laughs> and you're not going to believe this, Joseph. But I've never had sexual relations with any man. Joseph, I'm the first woman in history that's going to give birth to have a virgin birth. Oh, yeah, God is the daddy. See you, Joseph. Have a great day. Now, guys, what if your fiancé came to you with that story? <laughs> Amen. It's something to really think about. What we find out is Joseph was a good man. He was a good man. We find out as we read the Christmas story that he didn't want to embarrass Mary. He loved Mary. So he plans to, to quietly break off the relationship and not make a, a spectacle out of her. Well, what I see this is, is Joseph has a test from God. This is a test. Matthew 1 says this at the top of your outline. Joseph was a good man and didn't want to publicly disgrace Mary. So he planned to quietly divorce her. But an angel appeared to him in a dream. And when Joseph woke up, he did exactly, underline, he did exactly what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do and took Mary home as his wife. He did exactly. I'm going to tell you what he's doing. Joseph is, is trusting that God has a bigger and better plan. Bigger and better plan. So here's what we learn from Joseph. If you're filling in your blank, I know I kind of got the verses backwards, but, but number one, like Joseph we are to cooperate with God's plan for your life even when it don't make sense. We are to co cooperate with God's plan for our life even when it don't make sense. And if you and I want to be blessed like Joseph, that's something that we can do this Christmas. It's to cooperate with him even when it don't make sense. When it doesn't make sense. So I got to ask you, are you cooperating with God's plan for your life? Are you cooperating right now? Or are you doing your own plan? Are you doing your own plan? Are you cooperating with God in His plan? 
Are you following your purpose? Or are you following God's purpose for your life? I want to tell you this Christmas. I want you to think. If you want to be blessed like Joseph, then you have to cooperate with God's plan for your life. Even when it doesn't make sense. Joseph done it even when it was outrageous. Can you imagine your fiance coming to you with that? It was outrageous. I want to read you some things. You don't just write them down. You can go back and look at them later. I'm reading these out of the message translation because I like the way they put it. I want to read Jeremiah 29:11. God says this. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. You see, Joseph knew that God knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. I told my son last night, you don't have to understand everything. See, you don't have to understand what God is doing for you to trust God and to know what he's doing. Let me say that again. You don't have to understand God for you to trust God to know that what he's doing. You just have to cooperate like Joseph did. Now I want to look at the shepherds. The shepherds were one of my favorite people in the Christmas story. I liked them all, obviously. I mean, all of us do. But I like the shepherds because the shepherds were at the bottom of the social structure. That's where I was at a point in my life. At the very bottom of the, of the social structure. In their day, they were, like, they were smelly. They, 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 they stunk. They, 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 they sweated. They had a dirty job. They were unpopular. They slept with sheep. You ever slept with a sheep? I mean, these aren't your typical birthday party guests. But they got sent an invitation to a birthday party. God wanted them there because what I found out is as I grow in Christ, God wants and loves every spectrum of society. Every spectrum of society, God loves. Now I want you to picture something. These guys are relaxing, chilling out in the fields, swapping stories about what sheep did. During the day. Probably got him a dip. <laughs> Probably. Might have some sort of elixir. <laughs> out by the farm. And they just chilling. And all of a sudden the sky lights up. I could just see one of them go. Oh that. You know, 
you know what I'm saying? And, and all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up and makes this big announcement. And then more angels show up and they start singing. Good news for all people. All people. It says, don't be afraid. A Savior has been born in the city of David. Oh, man. What'd they do? Luke 2 says, the shepherds hurried to Bethlehem. Hurried. They didn't waste any time. And there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they returned to their fields, singing praises and thanking God for all they had heard and seen, which happened uh, just as the angel had told them. What'd they do? Party! They had a party! Joseph cooperated, and the shepherds celebrated. Guys, Christmas is a festival. It's not a funeral. It's a party. That's why we say Merry Christmas. It's good. We ought to smile. Amen? Amen. Not walk around. Well, I won't say how it's stuck somewhere. But if you want to be blessed like the shepherds, write this down. Celebrate that God is here with us. God is here with us. He is here with us. And we should celebrate that every day. Because I'm going to tell you what I found out. We lose our fear when God is near. We should celebrate that God is with us. God is here. I want to tell you something real quick about knowing God is here. A, 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 a feeling is not a fact. Now, I, I want you to see where I'm going with it. See, because I don't always feel God's presence. But the fact is, He's here. Even when I don't feel like it, I remember that the fact, he is here. He is here. He is here. You know, I told y'all when I got pulled over by the state patrol, got a speeding ticket the other day. I didn't feel like he was with me because I got a ticket. But he was there. In the back seat. Because Angie was in the front. Next time Angie rides in the back. Angie get in the back. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit ride with me up here today. <laughs> Guys, when you and I, when we celebrate God's presence with gratitude and, and, and praise in the morning, it changes things. It changes things. And then the shepherds even went off and told people about it. They communicated. They told everybody the good news. They said, your past can be forgiven. You can have a purpose for living and you can have a home in heaven. Guys, I want to ask you, how long has it been since you told someone? 
the good news that their past can be forgiven, that they can have a purpose for living, that they can have a home in heaven. How long has it been? The third person is Mary. Let's move on to Mary. She's sort of, aside from Jesus, Mary's the star of the show. I mean, she's the star of the show. Everyone knows about Mary. But here's, as I read this, the truth is, I think Mary was probably scared to death. Yeah. I mean, she's barely a, a teenager. You know what most scholars think that Mary was? She was around 14 years old when she gave birth. When she gave birth. Look at your 14-year-old and say, don't think about it. Don't even think about it. 14 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. But, you know, back then, men and women married much, much younger in those days. But here's why I think she was probably scared. She had no midwife. Her, her mom was, wasn't with her. There was no hospital. There was, there was no aunt. She gave birth by herself in a barn surrounded by animals. Donkeys, sheep, surrounded by them. That was all. It had to be, 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 be scared. And it was the most fantastic birth ever because she had never had sex with a man. It was a virgin birth. Mary has to be scared. Now, all the the things that Mary had heard from the angels, God had been in contact with her. You know, they, they spoke with her a lot. Luke 2, 17 says at the bottom of the outline, then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. There we go. The shepherds told everybody. Everyone else who heard the shepherd's story were amazed. But listen to what Mary did. But Mary treasured up all the words she heard and continued to quietly ponder them in her heart. I love the words in here. Told, said, heard, treasured up, pondered. All of those, those words are communication terms. Uh, and they're all found in these verses. And, 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 and I think of all things when I was sitting myself, what did Mary do right? Why did she get to be? Blessable. You know, why did he choose her? What did she do right? You know what Mary did right? She paid attention. She paid attention. So I got to ask you, do you? Do you pay attention to God's word? You ever pondered? Have you ever pondered? Say it with me. I'm going to ponder tomorrow. You might can ponder today. Next time it's tape patrol, ask me where I'm going. I'll say, I was pondering. <laughs> pondered. You ever pondered? It just means meditate. Meditate. Think on it. Do you pay attention to God's word? Treasure them up in her heart. I'm going to tell you, Mary was a woman of the word. 
At 14, she was a woman of the word. Are you a woman of the word? Or are you a woman of the world? Which one? Which one? We always talk to men in here because we, we know that they're supposed to be the leaders of the house. But I don't know. Are you a woman of the word? Or are you a woman of the world? Joseph cooperated. The shepherds celebrated. Mary contemplated. She had to think about what God was saying to her. She treasured these things up in her heart. So if you want to be blessed like Mary, number three is this. Write this down. Contemplate continually on God's word. Contemplate continually on God's word. She treasured, quietly pondered. What would happen to you and me if we started doing that this Christmas? Let me show, tell you what happened to us. I got all these marked in here. James 1.25. This is one of my friend David Hawkins' favorite verses. But this is it in the, the message. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or a woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Some translations say, read it and do what it says. Do it. See, it's not just for reading, and it's not just for hearing. We get blessed when we do it. When we do it. We can't do it unless we hear it. We can't do it unless we read it. We can't do it unless we study and memorize it and ponder on it. Ponder. Let me get you Joshua 1.8. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Did you know that's the only promise of success in the Bible? And it's directly connected to the Word of God. Then you'll succeed. Then you'll succeed. Now let's look at the last group, the wise men. The wiser I get, the more I like them too. Who are these guys? Well, they're, they're advisors, royal advisors, astronomers. They hang around folks like kings, the king of Persia, well, uh, and, and, and Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq and Iran. Uh, these men were probably at this time the most educated people in the world. They were the scientists of their day. Scholars. They were, they were wealthy. We, I know they were wealthy. We know they were wealthy because it cost a lot of money to get the caravan and go from Iran or, or Iraq. But uh, in studying the stars, and that's what they studied a lot, uh, all of a sudden they see this star that doesn't fit in. And, and they realize as they're studying Scripture and, and, and the Word that this is a sign. So they get this caravan together, like I said, an expensive caravan, and, and, uh, 
And, and, and I'm going to tell you, it was, it was okay to spend that money because this is an intellectual pursuit to them. An intellectual pursuit. You know why? Because these wise men are seekers. Seekers. And that's still wise today. Wise men still seek Jesus. Fools don't. Fools don't. The Bible says, if you seek me, I will, you will find me. You will find me. I want to tell you something. If you're here today and you are a seeker, that's a good thing. I am really glad you're here this Christmas season. Some people tell me all the time, say, you get a bunch of Christers, people at Christmas and people at Easter? I say, yeah, don't you just love it? Well, I wish they'd come all year. Yeah, but they're seeking. They're seeking. I love Christers. Seekers. God loves seekers. Matthew 2.11 says, it's on the back side of your outline. When the wise men saw the child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and uh, presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. I like to say myrrh. And being warned by, God in a, warned by God in a dream, they headed home by a different way. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Anytime you meet or come in contact with Jesus, it's going to change the way you walk. I like that part. It says they went home a different way. It's going to change the direction of your life. You run into Jesus, something's going to change. Something is going to change. The way you walk, the direction of your life. So when they left Jesus, they went home, went home a different way. Amen? I know when I met Jesus, I went a different way. I'm going to tell you, if nothing's changed, you probably ain't met it. Probably hadn't met it. Now, coming to Jesus, it cost them a lot. But when they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. Whom God chooses and uses. Guys, if you and me, if we want to be blessed, then we need to be like these wise men. Write this down, last fill in. We need to dedicate my time and my gifts to Jesus. If we want to be blessable, we got to dedicate our time and our gifts to Jesus. They, our gifts come from him in the first place. Amen? Our talents come from Him in the first place. Our time comes from Him in the first place. You and I would have nothing without God. Offer those time. Offer those gifts to Jesus. And do you know what happens to Him when you do that? He will multiply them. I tell people a lot. Some people say, Jim, I don't know how you have the time to do everything. But I give my time to God. And to be honest with you, I think he multiplies it. Because I still got time for a good nap. I still got time to, to go to bed at 740. Amen? I ain't fighting no sleep. But yet I seem to get a lot done in the short time I'm away. Give your time to God and he'll multiply. Romans 12, 1. I got this all wrote down. You can go back and look at it later. 
So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen? That's a good word. Let me read you Romans 6. Romans 6, 15 through 18. So since we're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience, there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Amen? That's freedom. That is freedom. What Christmas gifts are you bringing to Jesus this year? We're going to spend a lot of time and money giving gifts to everybody else. What are you bringing to give Jesus? You might say, well, God's got everything. Well, some things God don't have unless you give it to him. Like your heart. Like your trust. Like your love. Your loyalty, your allegiance, or like Mary, your attention, unless you give it to her. Now, of these four things that I've described today, which one, just take one, do you need to act on to be blessed? Do you need to cooperate with God's plan for your life? Do you need to celebrate God's plan of salvation and forgiveness for your life and accept it? Do you need to contemplate the Word of God? Or do you need to dedicate your time and, and gifts to Jesus? Merry Christmas. That's the kind of people that God uses, chooses. Let's pray. Father God, I want to be blessable. Lord, I pray as the pastor of this church and everyone that can hear under my words that I want them to be blessable. Lord, I hope I've articulated well what you would have me teach today. I thank you for each and every one here. From the suits to the cowboy hats, I'm glad they're here.
you're glad to hear. God, we love you. We love you so much. And I pray that we celebrate your birth in a different way this year. As we get to know you more. And we experience freedom in Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen.